What's going on, everybody? I'm Dylan Potemry, and welcome to a very special episode of Top Shelf. Now, the trade deadline was on Monday, and it wasn't as crazy as last year's where we had the most trades ever on deadline day, but it was still quite exciting, at least for me. Like I said last week, we are going to be covering every single trade, so we're just going to hop right on in to another episode of Top Shelf. Alrighty, so like I said, Monday was deadline day. I was up very early. I had a sportscast to do for uh, radio here at my school. I was up at six o'clock, had 6.30 sportscast. Uh, I got to watch trades unfold all the way through the day. Um, I did basically nothing of schoolwork or anything like that all day on Monday, but followed the NHL deadline all the way up to, I think like four o'clock is when the trades were still coming in. Um, now, if you didn't follow, don't worry, because I am going to be going every over every single trade on deadline day and every single trade since my last podcast last Wednesday. Um, we had 17 trades this year on deadline day in seven other trades since my last podcast. So that's going to be 24 trades that we're here going to be going over. Some of them a bit more exciting than others. Um, I really don't know how long this is, episode is going to be. I normally aim for around a half hour but you might be in for a little bit longer. So let's just see how this goes. Let's just hop right in. So the first trade is Kyle Palmieri to the Islanders. Now that's the big picture. Uh, this trade happened last Wednesday, just a couple hours after I released my last episode. Um, the Islanders was one of the landing spots I had for Palmieri. Um, probably the best fit in my opinion out of the, I think three or four uh, teams I chose. Uh, the Devils, so the total deal is the Devils send Kyle Palmieri and Travis Tratnea already screwing up here and Travis Zajac with 50% of their contract retained. Now, if you don't know what that means, that means that the devils are going to be taking on half of the salary of both of those players kind of to give the Islanders more cap space. And in exchange, the Islanders will be sending AJ Greer, Mason Jobst, a 2021 first rounder in a conditional 2022 fourth round pick. Now, anytime we have a conditional pick, I will tell you what the conditions are. Thank God for Cap Friendly, who lists them out and makes my life a lot easier to explain it to you. Um, so the conditions on the fourth round pick is if the Islanders make the Stanley Cup this year, that fourth rounder turns into a third rounder in either 2022 or 2023, based on which the Islanders select. Now, how does this side for both teams? So the Devils get rid of expiring deals of Palmieri and Zajac. Um, both of which might have resigned, might not have, who knows, but those players can come back after the season. They both have one year left. If they really want, they could come back to the Devils the next season. Um, Greer is a 24-year-old. Uh, he's like a bottom six, maybe type prospect guy. Um, he still has time, but probably won't be much out there. And Jobs is just an AHL forward. Um, both of these guys are mainly just for roster spots. Now each team can only hold 50 contracts in their roster. And with taking on two contractors, the Islanders had to give up two of their contracts. So that's probably the main reason these prospects probably won't turn out to be anything at all. The main point is they get a, they get the first round and the fourth conditionally. Um, what do the Islanders get? They get Palmieri, who's a solid two wing uh he actually got his first goal on the power play he can do it all penalty kill power play that versatile type of guy um 
200 foot player, which fits in very well with the New York Islanders. Uh, he played on the left wing of JG Peugeot along with Oliver Wallstrom and Zajac, surprisingly. Uh, he can be a winger or a center, really that defensive minded guy. Uh, he actually played on the first line alongside of Matthew Barzell and Jordan Everlay. Um, I think honestly, this trade is a win for both teams. I think the Islanders get some solid two-way players that they can use and fit perfectly into their lineup, obviously trying to uh, fill the void of Anders Lee and the Devils get rid of their expiring deals and they get back a first rounder and a fourth, which I think is plenty enough for what they were giving up there. Um, next uh, acquisition we have is Chicago and the Florida Panthers. Now, what Chicago gets is they get Brett Conley, Henrik Borgstrom, Riley Stillman, and a seventh in exchange for the Panthers get Lucas Walmark and Lucas Carlson from the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, what are the Panthers getting? Panthers are getting Lucas Walmark, who they actually had last year from the Hurricanes, and he returns. He's their bottom six forward. He's going to get about 20 points a year. Um, you get Lucas Carlson who's a D-man prospect. He's about 23. He's probably not really going to go much. He could probably be a third-line D-man for them, but he's probably going to stay in the NHL, or excuse me, AHL for now. And will the Blackhawks get? The Blackhawks get Brett Conley because uh, kind of the Panthers just needed that dump of salary. He's making three and a half for the next uh, two or three seasons. And then they get Hen Henrik Borgstrom, who has cracked the NHL four times played four times in the NHL. He has good potential to be a great centerman and is probably a part of the future for this uh, Blackhawks team. Like they said, they weren't going to make any trades for um, really those rental type players, only players who they think could help for the future. And that's what Henrik Borgstrom is. And Riley Stillman, who's a young 23-year-old, um, is probably going to get to show uh, his worth out on the season. We'll probably play the remainder of the season with the Blackhawks out there. He already played one game with them. Um, overall, for the... Blackhawks, uh, this is a win for them, and I think it's really more of a salary dump for the Panthers just to make some room, but I think uh, the Black Blackhawks really get the win here. Brett Conley um, was the salary dump two more years on that $3.5 million, which is plenty of room for the Blackhawks. They, they're not in cap trouble at all. I think he's a good veteran that can help out this young team. Um, and then Henrik Borgstrom and Riley Silman are two pretty good prospects for them that could be potentially a part of the team in the future. And they're what's probably now going to be like a, a like rebuild, like I've just trying to like rebuild as they go and not really tanking and having a bad season. They thought that's how the season was going to go and it didn't. And it looks like they're just going to have um, a kind of rushed rebuild. Next trade is kind of a small one. It's Riley Nash got sent to the Leafs for a conditional 2022 seventh rounder. Um, so the Columbus Blue Jackets will get the seventh rounder unless the seventh will turn into a sixth if Riley Nash is in 25% of playoff games for the Leafs. So if the Leafs, uh, let's say they play eight games for some reason, uh, that's their amount of games that they play in the playoffs this year. If Riley Nash is in two of those or more games, then that seventh rounder would turn into a sixth for 2022 and it would be sent over to Columbus. Um, not really much of a big deal this trade. Uh, this was more just a depth move for the Leafs. Uh, he probably would have walked in free agency for the Columbus Blue Jackets. So overall, a pretty good trade between the two teams, both kind of 
getting a win out there. Uh, the next trade we have is Colorado Avalanche get Patrick Namath in exchange for a 2022 fourth rounder. Detroit also retains half of the salary on Patrick Namath. Um, so Namath, obviously one year left with the Red Wings. Red Wings not doing anything this season. Who knows if Namath would have come back. He can still come back if he wants. Like the big thing is like with these players and there's one player who might actually be coming back next season that was involved in the big trade that I'll talk about. These players with one year left, they don't have extensions and they're rentals. So like they're only going to be there for the one year um, and can always return back to their original team. Um, but in this case, Patrick Namath, uh, they retain half his salary to help Colorado make the deal go through. Nothing really fancy about Namath. He's a stay-at-home defenseman, uh, really going to just help out this Colorado team, probably be on the bottom pair. I would say it's pretty good value and a fair trade for both sides. Um, maybe I think Namath could have gone for like a fifth or sixth just based on other trades throughout the league. Um, I think the Red Wings did really well in moving him and getting a fourth rounder out of this. Next, we're going to go is the Sabres send D-man Brandon Montour to the Panthers in exchange for a 2021 third rounder. Now, Montour is a right-handed defenseman. Uh, he was also on an expiring deal. Um, he's going to look to fill that void of Aaron Ekblad, who's probably out for the rest of the season. Um, I probably see him being on that first uh, pairing where Ekblad was. Um a much needed replacement for this Panthers won't do the job that Ekblad was doing. Ekblad arguably having a Norris season, um, unfortunately went down with injury. Um, Panthers are gonna, are in kind of a hard division that like, I feel like I wasn't, I haven't been giving the central credit, but their top three teams of the lightning and hurricanes. And then the Panthers, it's, it's a pretty solid uh, division with the predators now looking like they're going to be competing for that spot along with the Blackhawks. I would say the central is actually pretty good, um, especially going up at the end that Tampa Bay Lightning team. You need some defense. Uh, I would say this is probably the best deal that the Buffalo Sabres made at the deadline. Um, some questions can be made about some other trades they made that we will be getting into. Um, I think this is their best deal. Montour for a third is probably the best value. Um, maybe could have got a second. Probably not, though. So I think that third is uh, good value for them. It'll be a 2021 third rounder this year. Um, so, yeah, I think pretty solid team between both Sabres, obviously sellers, one of the worst teams in the league. And we're going to move on. And now we have Devin Dubnik, who got sent from the San Jose Sharks to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange the Colorado Avalanche give the Sharks Greg Pattern in a 2021 fifth rounder. Now, this is good for the Avs. They get a solid backup for Grubauer. Uh, they had made a trade earlier in the season, but wasn't really an established player um now Dubnik hasn't had the best season but he can really turn he could turn it on you never know uh Dubnik's had some great runs before and the real key in the playoffs is just having the hot goaltender you want your goaltender to be hot at the end of the season and start going and Dubnik can definitely get into a hot streak uh, he's a veteran he's done it in the playoffs before uh, he was one of the goalies rumored to be moving and one of the only goalies that really moved at this trade deadline, surprisingly. Um, it didn't really cost uh, the Avalanche much at all. Uh, I mean, Pattern is really just like a depth demand for them. Um, and they get they only give up a fifth rounder in exchange. Devin Dubnik's contract is going to be up. So who knows if he would have resigned with the Sharks. So I think it genuinely 
good deal for both teams. And I think this really solidifies uh, Colorado's goaltending and with COVID and just this crazy season, I think having three okay, like their third goalie is okay. Uh, two pretty good goalies. Grubauer is one of the best in the league right now. Dubnik can be one of the best if, if he can have a great season. I think a solid trade between both teams. So the next trade we have, this is where things might get a bit complicated. I'm going to try and explain it if you don't understand or didn't follow at all and know how this went down. So one of the teams in this three-way trade is going to just serve as a middleman who's just going to take on, uh, eat some of the contract to make the cap work. So here we go. So the Blue Jackets retain half of David Savard's contract and send him to the Red Wings in exchange for Brian Lashoff. The Red Wings then retain half of Savard's contract and send him to the Lightning in exchange for their fourth rounder. Then the Lightning send a first and a third to the Blue Jackets in exchange for Brian Lashoff. So now I'm going to break down what each team got out of this. So the Blue Jackets retain 50% of Savard and get a 2021 first and a 2022 third rounder. Detroit re retains 25% of Savard's contract and gets a 2021 fourth from Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is has 25% has brought, uh, excuse me, has David Savard on 25% of his contract and gets Brian Lashoff. So um, if you don't know who Brian Lashoff is, that's completely fine. He's just a placeholder in this. He's just an AHL player who's used to be moved and kind of uh, is just the piece that's needed to move. So how this basically worked um, is, and we see another trade and I think maybe two more trades that are similar to this. Um, the Lightning are in very, very tight uh, cap space. So they needed uh, to have the salary on David Savard retained if they wanted to acquire him. Um, so what they did was they actually took Detroit, who was a lot of cap space, and used them as a second team to retain salary and eat 25% of the contract to make the trade go through. So Detroit is a big winner in this just because they basically get a free fourth round pick for having cap space and they don't really give up anything. They give up Brian Lashoff, who's just that, again, an AHL player, expendable, no problem at all. Uh, they basically get the fourth rounder for eating 25% of the contract. The Blue Jackets get a first and a third for David Savard. Now, that's a very good value for him. Um, even if they just, just straight up got a first, I think would be good value for David Savard. Um, he will obviously be a rental just for this year. And I'm not sure if the Lightning, the Lightning are gonna run into all sorts of cap space issue. And that's a whole different story. But for this year, adding David Savard, that's their one acquisition they made again and just make them even stronger. And another thing everyone's talking about is Nikita Kucherov hasn't really played at all this season. And he's like a trade deadline acquisition because he's going to be joining probably the best trade deadline acquisition, um, Nikita Kucherov, who was with the team but had been injured and is going to hop right into the team. But David Savard is going to fit in um, very well into this team. He played up on the top pair with Victor Hedman, I believe, um, and just adds another great defenseman to this already stacked Tampa Bay team. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how each team fared out. I think overall a great trade for all parties of this, obviously Tampa's going for it. So who cares if they give up their first rounder? Um, I think all teams 
get a win out of this in Detroit, especially just retaining salary and getting a fourth from that. So the next trade we have is Washington Capitals send Jonas Siegenthaler to the Devils in exchange for Arizona's conditional third round pick for 2021. So how this is going to work is um, Arizona, uh, the Devils have Arizona's conditional third rounder right now from the Taylor Hall trade um, last year. And I, I tried looking and seeing what the conditions are on this Arizona third I feel like it has something to do with them making the playoffs or something like that. So, but the thing is, if uh, the Devils don't get this Arizona third, then the pick's going to turn into the Devils third rounder. Um, it's a little bit, a bit confusing there, but either way, it's basically uh, the Capitals are receiving a third round pick in exchange for uh, Jonas Siegenthaler. Now he's a solid D-man prospect that's hopefully going to be a part of this Devils team. Devils are sellers. Uh, they're getting rid of a lot of players and they're becoming that young team and another young defenseman to add into their core. Next trade is kind of a small one, but uh, the Detroit Red Wings send John Merrill to the Canadians in exchange for Hayden Verbeek and Ottawa's fifth rounder from the Canadians um, in 2021. Now Verbeek is really just that roster player again, like I said, uh, they acquired John Merrill, so they had to give up a contract, so they got rid of Hayden Verbeek um, for fifth rounder. John Merrill's like a kind of a top six defenseman, kind of just that player that teams add. A lot of time you'll just see teams adding that depth player just to help them out, especially in this year. Very important, uh, pretty good acquisition for the Canadians, giving up a fifth rounder. Good job on Detroit, an expiring deal in John Merrill. Probably who knows what he would have done, um, getting a fifth rounder for basically nothing, another Great move there by Stevie Y. Um, yeah, that's basically, I think, solid trade for both teams. Not really much else to say. Um, so since we just had an easy trade, let's go into another complicated deal. Now, this is going to work fairly similar to the Savard trade. So here we go. We got another Columbus Blue Jacket on the move. So the Sharks send Stefan Nosen in exchange for Nick Foligno, who the Blue Jackets will retain half of Nick Foligno's salary. Then the Sharks send Felino, who they retain half of his salary, to the Maple Leafs in exchange for a 2021 fourth-round pick. And then the Blue Jackets trade Nosen to the Leafs in exchange for a 2021 first and a 2022nd fourth-round pick. Now, what does every team get? So the Blue Jackets retain 50% of Felino's contract and get a 2021 first-rounder. They also get a 2022 fourth-rounder from the Maple Leafs. The Sharks are going to retain 25% of Felino's contract and get a 2021 fourth rounder um, from the Maple Leafs as well. And the Leafs get Felino at 25% of his contract and Stefan Nosen. Now, just like the last trade we talked about, Stefan Nosen, he's just that guy to kind of make it work. He's an AHL guy. He actually has a bit, a bit better of a resume than that of Brian Lashoff. Um, he could be a depth player. He's probably going to just be in the AHL, honestly. Um, and like I said, with the Red Wings, uh, the Sharks are just the team that eats the cap here. So they're going to eat 25% of Felino's contract. And in exchange, they get a fourth rounder. So basically, for having cap space, they get to have four, a fourth round pick. Um, so the Blue Jackets out here, Nick Felino was one of the guys who was rumored to go. Uh, he's the captain or was the captain of the Blue Jackets. And it's actually like 
pretty rumored that he's going to be returning back to the Blue Jackets next season. So this really is a rental. Um, the Leafs have a ton of cap space issues. And Felino, who's the captain and kind of like the Blue Jackets, is kind of just cut punting here. Um, but the Blue Jackets get a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder. And if they get uh, Felino back next year, like that's just insane. Uh, like I said, Sharks, complete winners here just for having cap space. And the Leafs get Felino, um, who honestly, he's a great acquisition. Uh, it's unsure where he's really going to be playing. Um, yeah, I I mean, we know that their first line was kind of settled out, and it seems like uh, Zach Hyman's going to be playing on that uh, line with Matthews and Marner. And then the second line obviously has Tavares and um, Nylander, and Galchenyuk has been playing up there, but Felino might uh, get the start up there as well. Who really knows? Felino can play center as well if you need him to. He might play down on that third line instead. Um, but Felino generally, um, he can play on the power play. He can do the penalty kill. He's a great veteran to have onto your team. Um, I mean, I don't want to say a first rounder steep because another thing you'll see is a lot of time, uh, a lot of teams this year are willing to give up their 2021 20, first rounder. Um, that's because a lot of prospect leagues aren't playing this year because of COVID. And then also you'll see a lot of teams and without with COVID and no, you can't really go scout out in those European leagues, which makes it hard to know who to draft. That's why you'll see a lot of teams also acquiring 2022 uh, draft picks, 2022 year draft picks, just because next year, hopefully there'll be better scouting and they'll actually get to know what they have. But yeah, um, overall, Sharks obviously get a win for this. Uh, Blue Jackets definitely get a win for this. The Leafs, I, th I think they get – I'm on the edge. I mean, Felino's a great pickup, so I'm going to say it's a pretty fair trade between all three of the teams here. Now, the Maple Leafs also made another acquisition. They acquired David Riddich from the Calgary Flames in exchange for a 2022 third rounder. Now, uh, Dave Ridgich is going to come into this Leafs team who already have Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, who has been playing very well this year. Frederick Anderson, who they don't really know what his future holds right now. It's kind of confusing. He is on LTIR right now. Um, he's a UFA at the end of the season, so he could just walk. Um, not really sure. I mean, at the end of the day, um, I think they got David Riddich, pretty solid goalie. He actually played his first game last night, lost in overtime to the Calgary Flames who they played. And there was a bit of beef between him and the Flames already. I don't know if it was just playful or what was going on, um, but uh, Kachuk sprayed him uh, driving the goal. And then uh, Rich kind of bumped another guy in between uh, in between the commercial break and just like ran into him. Um, I don't really know what was going on there. I don't know if that was playful or what, but uh, he did lose in overtime. Uh, but David Rich is a pretty solid goaltender. Um, and that just gives the Leafs three solid goaltenders and allows Frederick Anderson to kind of come back when he's ready to come back. Um, it, I think it's a pretty good trade for both teams, definitely for the Flames. Um, probably won't be making playoffs. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Leaves maybe maybe gave up a little too much. Maybe a fourth would have been better, but who really knows? Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. 
Uh, our next trade we have here is Braden Coburn. Now Braden Coburn goes from Ottawa to the Islanders in exchange for their 2022 seventh rounder. This is obviously just a depth move. Ottawa had Braden Coburn down in the AHL. This is just to have like a backup defenseman. He's kind of a veteran. Um, these are kind of moves that uh, teams that are contending make. They give up like really late picks just for depth players um, that you know that you can throw into your lineup. So overall, good move for both teams. The next one is Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators goes to the Bruins in exchange for their 2022 third rounder. Now the Bruins were desperately in need of another defenseman. They've been plagued by injuries on their D-men. Um, McAvoy is sometime he's back now. Carlo's been in and out of the lineup this year. Um, they lost Chara and Krug. Uh, and Riley just helps fill out their team. Uh, he could play in their top four or even in their top six on the third line if they need him. Uh, he's actually he's a very solid defenseman, kind of going under the, under the radar playing in Ottawa. He has 19 assists on the season and I believe 39 games, which is pretty good. Um, and just a, a solid move, uh, good trade between them both. Not really much else to say um, about this trade. Helps at the Bruins, third rounder, pretty good value. So we're gonna move on. And next, that's our first seven trades there so far. And next is our first trade on the deadline. This was made at around just after midnight. The LA Kings retain half of Jeff Carter's salary and send him over to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a 2022 third and a 2023 fourth round pick. So both of these picks are conditional and I'm gonna go over the conditions now. So the condition on the 2022 third is it can upgrade to a second if the Penguins make it to the cup finals this year and Carter plays in 50% of their playoff games. Uh, so traditionally to make it to the Stanley Cup, you have to win at least 12 games, um, maybe more, but let's just say they play 20 games and make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Jeff Carter would have to play in 10 of those games or more, which I think if they do make it into the playoffs, unless he gets hurt, if they do make it to the Stanley Cup, Jeff Carter will be a part of that. Um, but if, if that does happen and they do make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs and he plays in 50%, that 2022 third rounder becomes a second. Now, the fourth can upgrade to a third if Carter plays in at least 50% of the games in 2021-2022. Now, Jeff Carter is not really a rental because he does have his contract go into next year as well. Um, so the conditions on that are if they get to have Jeff Carter play in 50% of the games next year, that fourth rounder will become a third. So now we, we can talk about the actual um, player involved in the trade. Uh, Jeff Carter coming from the LA Kings. Uh, he was a part of their team that won the Stanley Cup in 2010. Um, he's a, he, he's kind of, he's not the best anymore. He's getting a little older. He does reunite with Sidney Crosby though. And if you don't remember, uh, he was a part of that, uh, that, excuse me, that Canadian team that's one of the best teams of all time, probably. Um, he was on that team, reunite the two. Jeff Carter is probably going to be playing on third line, and he can play on the wing. Maybe he'll get bumped up with Malkin. Malkin's currently injured, so it'd be expected that Carter will get second line ice time for now, but he'll probably fill out their uh, depth of um, two amazing centers and uh, help them out make the playoffs. Now, this, this trade kind of shocked me. Um, I wasn't expecting Jeff Carter to be on the move, 
Um, I guess you could say it makes sense for the Penguins. The Penguins are getting very close to being done, I would say, like kind of needing to start rebuilding. They don't have the best wingers. They've got Jake Gensel, and that's kind of it. Um, the Malkin and Crosby, obviously, are both very solid, though, so you don't want to give up. And I kind of understand the move, but they've got a lot of uh, issues still dealing with, especially in net, um, which they didn't address at all. Um, I think he could be a good move and who knows what he'll do in the playoffs. So the next one is one of the, is for one of the biggest uh, trade guys in the deadline. Um, I, I had some things to say about him and funny enough, uh, he went to my team. Um, so the Bruins give up Anders Bjork and a 2021 second rounder for Curtis Lazar and Taylor Hall on 50% retained. Um, so re remember when I uh, was talking about Taylor Hall and calling him uh, just a top six forward, and I still think that's kind of what he is, but oh my God, what were Buffalo doing here? Like, Jen, everyone's talking about this. What was Buffalo doing? They didn't even get a first rounder for Taylor Hall. Now, I, I didn't, I really didn't want to give up a first rounder. Like if I was another team, I wouldn't really want to give up a first rounder for Hall, but I guess you would consider it because of this year's draft. But Nick Foligno is getting a first and Taylor Hall isn't even getting a first. And there's other players who went for a second and a third and you're getting a second for Taylor Hall. Um, it just baffles me that, like, I mean, it only makes sense, though, because it's Buffalo. I mean, this is Buffalo we're talking about, so we got to understand that. Now, I could keep roasting Buffalo and all the awful moves they've made and everything like that, um, but I guess I guess we'll try and stop there. But, uh, I mean, they get back a 2020... Um, they get back a 2021 second and Andres Bjork, who's like a top nine forward. Uh, he did have an assist against uh, the Bruins and their game last night. But um, let's talk about Taylor Hall and his fit on the Bruins. Now, Taylor Hall did have a no trade clause. So that you have to keep in mind with this trade. Uh, Taylor Hall could choose what team he wants to go to basically. Um, it's rumored that Hall only had two teams on his list, and that was the Avalanche and the Bruins, two teams which he considered uh, signing within the offseason. Now Hall is going to slot in onto that second line for the Boston Bruins alongside of David Krejci and now what looks like Craig Smith, um, leaving Poshnok, Marshawn, and Bergeron all together. They won't be splitting them up. Um, and it, it seems like that Hall wants to be in Boston. Like Hall wants to be there. And he might even re-sign a deal there as well. Who really knows? Um, but yeah, I think the good thing about Taylor Hall on the Bruins is that he's not the focal point of this team. When he was on the Sabres, he was the guy they were looking at. They were like, you you got to be the guy to carry us. You and Jack, I go, you're carrying us. When he was on Arizona, they're like, you, you we just traded so much for you. We traded a first rounder. You gotta, you gotta go off. You gotta be our number one guy. When he was on the Devils, he was the Hart Trophy winner. Like they're like, you're, you're our guy. You gotta be the guy. Not every player can be that guy that you sit back and you're like, all right, this guy's gonna put up so many goals and so many assists. Like 
You got Connor McDavid who can either just like, yeah, Connor McDavid, go do your thing. Sidney Crosby, go do your thing. Nathan McKinnon, go do your thing. Patrick King, go do your thing. Like all these players are known to carry teams and most of them are center. I mentioned Patrick King, but like most of these players are centers and it's kind of hard for a wing player to completely carry a team. And I think the good thing is that people aren't going to be focusing on Taylor Hall. They're going to be focusing on that first line, that perfection line, Marsha and Bergeron and Poshnoff. They're the guys that are relied on to do the scoring in that and Hall having kind of this like relaxed role. I shouldn't say relaxed, but just like a secondary role. Like he's not on the first line. He's on the second line. He's going to play alongside Krejci and Craig Smith. Uh, he's going to be expected score. He'll probably get some power play time. Um, he might be thrown on the second unit. I really don't know what the Bruins are going to do with that. Um, they haven't normally, they have the perfection line with Nick Ritchie and then like Grizzlick up on the, power play so I think Hall might man on the second man but he could also be thrown out in front of net and Nick Ritchie could be bumped off that first power play um we we don't really know um but I think it could be a good move and honestly the Bruins didn't really give up much they gave up a second rounder in Anders Bjork for arguably the best uh player available at the trade deadline and what is definitely the steal of the draft uh, excuse me, not of the draft of the trade deadline. Um, so enough about Taylor Hall and him, even though that was a huge acquisition and I'm kind of happy about it as a Bruins fan, but um, I think everyone can agree it was a bad trade and Kevin Adams is on the hot seat now. Um, but next trade up is a straight swap between the Blackhawks. Uh, give Matthew Highmore for Adam Gaudette of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, so Highmore is like an okay prospect kind of guy and Gada is a centerman who's on a one-year deal left um, and is going to bring some grittiness to this Blackhawks team who's kind of more skillful. Um, it's a straight swap, pretty good deal. Um, didn't seem like Gaudet was living too good there in Vancouver, especially with the situation they had going on. God, that was one of the first guys out of COVID protocol. So that's probably why they moved him, their rebuilding team. They'll bring in Matthew Highmore, who could be a man of their team in the future. Um, so we're, that's pretty much it for that trade. Next trade is Dmitry Kulikov goes from the Devils to the Oilers in exchange for a 2022 conditional fourth rounder. So this can be upgraded to a third rounder if the Oilers win a playoff round and Kulikov, uh, so if the Oilers just win a playoff round, that fourth rounder becomes a third rounder. Now, um, I'm not so sure how the Oilers are going to do. I guess we'll have to just wait and see. Now, uh, let me talk about Kulikov now. Uh, Kulikov's going to help solidify this Oilers uh, top four, probably get thrown in there. A good move by the Devils. Uh, Devils are selling, can clearly uh, becoming a younger team. He was on the expiring deal. Um, but are the Oilers going to make it past the first round? They're going to probably have to go through either the Maple Leafs or the Jets. And I don't think they're a better team than either of those, but I do have a bit to, more to talk about those teams. So we'll, we'll get into that later, but that's kind of the move. I think a solid trade, pretty, pretty simple, um, good value for both. Um, we got another straight swap. This is a small deal as well. We see Magnus Krona to the Sharks. Um, in exchange for Freddie Clayson, who goes to the Lightning. Now, this is just like a depth move. Again, uh, kind of the Sharks needed a goalie after trading Devin Dubnik. And the Lightning just get a depth D-man at most, likely in the AHL, not really much. Um, 
it's just kind of a move to make uh, the Sharks have a goalie kind of thing. So yeah, that's really it. Not much to speak about there. Next trade is Avalanche send Ryder Rolston and Josh Dickinson in exchange for Carl Soderberg from the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Carl Soderberg was with the Avalanche last season and signed with the Blackhawks. Um, now Rolston and Dickinson, they're kind of like two low tier prospects. It's kind of just like getting a sixth rounder or like fifth round pick for Soderberg or they get two prospects in exchange, in exchange instead of picks. Um, who really knows what they're going to end up being. They could be something for the future. Um, they're giving up Soderberg, who's on a one-year deal, $1 million. It's not really much. Get back some prospects who could potentially become something, a good deal for the Blackhawks and a great deal for the Avalanche who add to their their insane core that they already have for forwards. And yeah, uh, just helps solidify them and give them that kind of two-way player uh, in their bottom six. Next trade we have is Sam Bennett in a 2022 six-rounder from Calgary goes to Florida in exchange for a 2022 second-round pick and Emil Heinemann. Uh, now, Sam Bennett had been in the kind of news. Uh, he wanted a trade, and then things kind of settled down, and Calgary was like, no, you know what? We're going to actually trade you instead. Um, Sam Bennett's kind of like a top-nine forward. Hasn't really, like, boomed out in this season yet with Calgary, um, he's probably going to play on the third line, add to their center depth of Alexander Barkov and Alex Wenberg for the Florida Panthers. Um, uh, Emil Heinemann, who the Calgary Flames get, is a great prospect. He was selected in the second round last year. Great D-man. Um, so basically, Calgary is getting like two second rounders in this in exchange for Sam Bennett in the sixth. I don't think Sam Bennett is worth two second rounders. I don't know why everyone's valuing Sam Bennett so high. I don't think he's had more than like a 30 point season. If that for the team, maybe he had a 40 point season. I, I think it was like around 30. I wouldn't really have to look into it. I kind of want to look into it now and see if I can pull him up and just check out what his uh, stats were. Cause I, I don't think that, um, He's like that good. He was like talked about so much here at the trade deadline. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think he had much more than a 20 point season and he's a solid player, but like, I would have given up just a third for him. Like that's it. like maybe even just like a, a fourth in a prospect or something like that. And Emil Heinemann who the Panthers just drafted and their for their decor. Um, I think this is a big win for Calgary who were kind of looking to move on from Sam Bennett. Um, yeah. I don't know what the Panthers were thinking here. Maybe they're really trying to go full out for the playoffs this year. Um, but I think Calgary comes out on top there. Uh, so the next trade we're going to go into is another three-way deal. Yes, here we go. So the Blackhawks sent Mateus Yanmark retained 50% of his contract to the Sharks for Nick Des Moines. Uh, the Sharks sent Yanmark uh, 50 percent re retained to the Golden Knights in exchange for Buffalo's 2022 fifth round pick, and then the Knights send a 2021 second rounder and a 2022 third rounder in exchange for Desimone for a 2022 fifth rounder. So let me break that down because that was a bit confusing there. I might have worded that badly. Um, so the Blackhawks are going to get a 2021 second rounder and a 2022 third rounder from the Vegas Golden Knights, and they're going to retain 50% of Mateus Janmark's contract. 
The Sharks are going to be the middleman here and retain 25% of Mateus Janmark's contract and get Buffalo's 2022 fifth round pick, which the Golden Knights had. The Golden Knights will then get Janmark on 25% of his contract and Desimone and Chicago's fifth rounder. Um, so how do each teams fall out here? The Sharks, who retain 25%, once again, just being the middleman, and they get a free fifth rounder, so obviously a win for them. They do help out the Golden Knights, who kind of are rivals, so it's like, do you want to get that fifth round picked or not help out the Golden Knights? But they probably would have found another team to help out, so might as well get that fifth rounder. The Blackhawks move Yanmark, who had one year left on his deal. They get a 2021 second and a 2022 third, and they had to give up their fifth rounder. Um, so overall, that's a pretty good deal for them. And then the Golden Knights get a much-needed center. Um, right now, William Carlson and uh, Stevenson were their two centers. Stevenson's been doing pretty well, uh, but he'll probably get bumped down, and Carlson go ahead and play up there with Yan Mark, who is a pretty solid player. Um, there was rumors that they were maybe going to go after Nolan Patrick from the Philadelphia Flyers, but I'm sure the cap space there um, would have been actually cap space there would have been easier, but then you would have had to sign Nolan Patrick and Nolan Patrick would have probably warranted a first round pick, which the Knights probably didn't want to go give up and they're kind of just going more for this season with a rental. So I think overall, it's a great trade between all three teams and uh, Vegas becomes even better and is going to be one of the favorites to try and win the cup this year. Oh boy, we got some more trades to go. I'm going to start going faster. I see we're at quite, uh, I think we're at like 41 minutes now. So uh, Chicago moves Madison Bowery and a 2021 fifth round pick for Vancouver's 2021 fourth rounder. This is just a simple move up. Um, moving Madison Bowery, it's not really getting much time, plus their fifth rounder, just bumping them up to a fourth. Not really a lot to talk about here. Um, Vancouver gets a defenseman who's not the best. It's really just Chicago moving their fifth rounder up to a fourth rounder. So we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, next one is a much bigger trade that happened near the end of the trade deadline. It actually happened after the trade deadline, but came through and it had already happened. So the Capitals send Jacob Verana, Richard Panic, a 2021 first rounder, a 2022 second rounder in exchange for Anthony Mantha. Um, there was rumors that Anthony Mantha was going to be sent out. Uh, as it wasn't really working there in Detroit. He does still have three more years at 5.7, so it is not a rental. This is a hockey move. Um, Verona, who didn't really get much ice time, is going to be an RFA, and Panic is a solid depth player who can help out. Um, and he was kind of sent over for cap reasons. Uh, he still has a couple more years left on his deal. Um, so Amantha is going to be playing alongside Oshie and Backstrom on that second line. Uh, he actually did get a goal last night. Um, but I, I think the Capitals kind of overpaid here for Mantha. Uh, Jacob Verona had 52 points in 69 games last year. Um, I think it, they could have given up Verona, Panic, and maybe like like a fourth or fourth probably. I think a first and a second is kind of overkill here. I think Mantha and Verona are pretty like similar as point is as far as point production, Verona is more of a sniper and uh, Mantha is a bigger bodied sniper, kind of a power forward type build. So maybe that's what they were going for there. Plus he's locked up in Verona, they would have had to resign. But overall, I think the Capitals might've overpaid here. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think Detroit's a big win out of this trade though. They get a first, a second, plus they get Jacob Verona. Uh, I think Verona will probably be a part of this uh, Red Wings team for the future now. 
Um, next move we have is uh, Ben Hutton from the Ducks to the Leafs for a 2022 fifth round pick. Yet again, Leafs making another depth play. Ben Hutton will be a depth defenseman, round out that top, uh, that third line, deep pair for them. Um, another depth move, not really much to talk about, but good move for the Leafs, uh, expiring deal, good move for the Ducks, just a rental player to help out with depth. Next trade we have is Eric Gustafson from the Philadelphia Flyers on half retained contract will be sent to the Canadians in exchange for St. Louis's 2022 seventh rounder from the Flyers uh, or to the Flyers from the Canadians. So the Flyers get a seventh rounder, Canadians get a depth defenseman. Once again, another depth move, not really much to talk about here. Um, next trade, Hayden Fleury from Carolina goes to the Tucks for Yari Hockenpah and a 2022 sixth rounder. Once again, uh, this is Carolina giving up Hayden Fleury, who's kind of a uh, in between, not really getting into their lineup. Could be good for the Ducks in the future. And Yari Hockenpah um, is has kind of more years on him, a bit more of a veteran, can help out this uh, Hurricanes team who looks to make a deep run. Plus, they get a six-rounder. Pretty good value, I would say. I think a pretty fair trade between the two of them. Next trade is Alexander Barabanov to the Sharks for Suomela to the Leafs. Um, once again, another depth move by the Leafs. Um, not really much here. I would say Barabanov has a higher ceiling than Suomela, but both are kind of like C-level prospects. I think Suomela just has more experience in the NHL, and the Leafs are really, really trying to go for it this year with this formatting. Uh, they have a great chance. Sorry if I'm going a little fast. I'm trying to get through them. We still have one, two, three, four more Earth. Three more trades, so we're getting there. Um, no really other big trades coming on here. Uh, Eric Branson goes to the Predators from the Ottawa Senators for Brandon Fortunato in a 2023 seventh round pick. Um, yeah, I, I didn't don't know what was going on here. The Predators, who everyone thought was selling, became buyers and bought Eric Branson for a seventh rounder and a pretty good uh, offensive defenseman prospect. Uh, I was looking at his stats. He played pretty well um, in uh, at Quinnipiac in his college days. Um, but I guess Predators are really going for it in that central. And um, yeah, it's going to be a competition between them and the Blackhawks to try and get that fourth round, or not that fourth round, that fourth uh, spot for the playoffs. Uh, and the next one is the Capitals take Michael Raffle from the Philadelphia Flyers on 50% retained contract in exchange for a 2021 fifth rounder that was owned by Vegas. So uh, the Capitals are going to send Vegas's fifth rounder to the Flyers. Once again, Flyers kind of selling here because they're not probably going to make the playoffs kind of fell off here. The Rangers have actually started to get into the race for that fourth spot, trying to knock out Boston. Um, once again, this is just a depth move, um, a solid two-way forward for the Capitals to add to their roster and in case of COVID. Um, and finally, the final move we have here is the Jets pick up Jordy Ben in exchange for a 2021 six rounder to the Canucks. Now I was kind of disappointed in the Jets. Jets who I thought were going to make a big trade for a defenseman, go out and get Jordy Ben, who's like more a depth guy. Um, I thought the Jets were going to be bigger here and make a bigger move. They really have a great team. They have probably one of the best offensive cores in the league and their defensive core is just lackluster. I'm disappointed in their trade deadline and only picking up Jordy Ben. Now, in addition to all these trades, we went through all the trades already. Wow. Um, in other news, we had two waiver wire pickups here. Um, the Canadians dropped uh, Victor Mete into waiver wires and was picked up 
by the Ottawa Senators, who, like we said, sent out three defensemen. Um, Victor Mete, much younger, didn't really get it done with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, will be a good addition for the Ottawa Senators for free. I, I don't see any problem with it. I think great pickup for the Ottawa Senators, adding yet another young defenseman. Um, the Stars also pick up Sammy Vatanen from Carolina, who they placed on waivers. Um, he's an offensive defenseman. Uh, he's got he only has one year left on his contract. If Dallas has the room, they're gonna try and make a push if they can. Um, I I don't know if I thought Dallas was gonna do much better this year. Um, they are in that like fifth spot. They are kind of competing. They're three uh, points behind. Blackhawks and they are seven points behind the Predators so they would need one heck of a finish to the season to even make it into the playoffs I don't think it's going to really happen for them but who knows maybe Sammy Vatanen can help them out so that's it for all our trades and waiver wire pickups so normally I do my three stars of the week instead we're going to have my three winners and losers of the trade deadline Okay, here we go. So one of my winners is the Red Wings. The Red Wings picked up Jacob Verona, Richard Panic, a first rounder, a second rounder, a fourth rounder, another fourth rounder, and a fifth round pick in exchange for Merrill, Mantha, and Namath. Um, amazing move by Stevie Y. Um, picking up Jacob Verona is amazing. They got a fourth rounder just for holding on to cap space. Um, Red Wings, huge winners here. If I was a Red Wings fan, I'd be so happy. Get Mantha out of the way. He wasn't really doing anything. Get Verona instead. Pick up quite a lot of picks, including a first. Great job by the Red Wings. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets added two firsts, a seventh, a third, and a fourth for Nash, Savard, and Felino. Um, adding two first-rounders means they now have three first-round picks this year. And um, they got rid of Riley Nash, who... He was probably going to leave this offseason. David Savard, who might or may not have left, and Nick Foligno, who might actually end up coming back to this team next year. They obviously weren't competing this year. Great job by Columbus. Um, it's going to be a question to see what they do next year with John Tortorella, if they're going to hold on to him. But overall, this trade deadline, great job by uh, Columbus selling. Obviously, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. My final winner is the Maple Leafs. Now, the Maple Leafs didn't do a whole lot, but... At the same time, they kind of did. They added a forward, a defenseman, and a goaltender, and then they also added a depth. Uh, they added a depth forward and another depth forward for just a couple of picks. They gave up a first rounder, but they got Felino, great player. David Riddich, great goalie. Nash and Sumarella are like okay, and um, Ben Hutton in a pretty solid depth defenseman. So now for my three losers, I'm sorry, Buffalo, but you were first on my list here. They gave up Hall, Montour, and Eric Saul. Remember, Eric Saul was straight a little bit earlier, not in the deadline, but I'm still considering. For those three players, they got a second, two-thirds, a fifth, plus Anders Bjork. That's awful. They didn't even get a first-rounder for any of those players. Any of those players didn't even reel in a first-rounder. Buffalo continues to be the laughing suck of the NHL. They are my number one loser of the trade deadline. Another loser I have is the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the Edmonton Oilers did add Kulikov, but they desperately needed another forward. They were rumored to be getting Jake DeBrus. They had the picks. You got McDavid. You got Dreisaitl. You, you got Nugent Hopkins. But then past that, you don't really have much else there. You need players to help and support them. You got your defensemen. Your goalies are meh you're going to be stuck in limbo forever if you don't start making some better trades up there. Um, Oilers are another loss for me. 
Um, the Flyers are my final loss. Now the Flyers obviously were not going to be making the playoffs this year. They should have been selling. They signed. So actually they traded Raffle and Gustafson and got a fifth and seventh, which is pretty good value. But they signed Scott Lawton to a five-year, $3 million contract. Um, it's not an awful deal, but signing a depth player to a long-term deal can sometimes come back and bite you in the butt, especially Scott Lofton, Lawton, who you could have used and traded away and gotten more value, probably gotten a third-round pick for him. Um, <clears throat> I just think the Flyers didn't do enough of selling, and uh, they should have been sending Scott Lawton to that deal I don't think was really – that good. So that's it for all of that stuff. And we can finally move into our league leaders just to give you an update before we close out this long episode. Um, McDavid continues his heart season campaign, leading the NHL in points and assists with 69 points and 46 assists. Austin Matthews continues to lead the league in goals with 32 now. Kirill Kaprizov leads all rookies with 34 points. Adam Fox edges out Hedman with 39 points now to lead all defensemen. Uh, Peter Morazic of the Carolina Hurricanes leads in goals against with a 1.47, but Ottawa's Philip Gustafson has come out and now leads the league in save percentage with a 0.946. Grubauer is now tied with Marc-Andre Fleury with five shutouts, and Vlasilevsky has tied Grubauer once again with 25 wins. So that is going to do it for today's special episode. Thank you all so much for listening all the way through. I know it was a lot. Um, You could have listened to it in little bits if you wanted to. Um, But we went through this year's NHL trade deadline and went through every single trade. We're at 53 minutes now. Without a doubt, my longest one I have done so far. But it was a special one. We'll return back to our our normal uh, ways next week. Um, Make sure to follow me here on Spotify. I'll catch you all next week for another episode of Top Shelf. 